Um, and, and yes, in some circumstances, that squandering uh, can lead to, or that following your own way can lead to the destruction of your soul. In this particular case, I don't think no. that your soul would be destroyed, but you know, certainly something else could be. I um I actually just read an example. This is a little bit more ahead of where we are because Matthew is my own personal book that I'm reading. But um, in chapter 16, verses uh, verse 21 through 23, where Jesus was telling about his death. And um, one of his disciples, you know, tells him, no, you're you're my God and you shouldn't you're not going to die like that. And then he says, get behind me, Satan. Peter does. Yeah. And, and Jesus rebukes Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. You care nothing for the things of God. In other words, you're only thinking about the things of the world, right? The things of the flesh. And, and therefore that thought process, that thought, that thinking of the things of the world he called Satan. If your cares are for the things of the world, then you are what? For the world. You're of the world. And those that are of the spirit care for the things of the spirit. So go ahead, Aaron. What were you going to say? Oh, nothing. I was just going to say that was a good example of what you were saying. How uh, he was yeah, trying to yeah, act yeah. in his own understanding in the world. He had the best intentions in mind, but God's way is better. He has a higher understanding. He has a better yeah. plan. That's true. And not only, not only was, yeah, yes, he, he had the best intentions, but not only did Jesus say, no, that's wrong, Peter. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You're an offense to me. That's right. You're an offense to me. Because, because, because Peter was unknowingly or unthinkingly getting in between Jesus and and the and the mission he was on for God. Yep. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's actually a really good example. So and 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 Peter, the church was built on on Peter, was built on the rock. Right. You know? Um, and so that's, that's a very, very harsh rebuke, a very, very tough, uh, thing for Peter to swallow. All right. Let's, uh, let's say our prayers and actually do some, uh, chat, some Matthew tonight. Father, thank you for this time together as a family to read your word. Thank you for watching over and keeping us. Thank you for filling us, for giving us the opportunity to exhort one another, to, lift one another to encourage one another to speak about your word and uh and lord please keep our keep keep our eyes on the place where it needs to be and our hearts in the place where it needs to be please open up our ears to hear your word tonight open up our eyes to hear you to see feed your sheep lord and make every ear that hears this message tonight open and receptive may this message tonight lay down deep roots in jesus name amen 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 all right so 
The same day when Jesus Wait, where are we? out of the house. Chapter 13. The same day went Jesus out of the house, and he sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship, and he sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spoke many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the way, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns. When the thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell to the good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Who has ears to hear? Who has ears to hear? Let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? In other words, the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, why do you keep telling everything in parables? Why do you have to tell every story in a parable? Why can't you just say it? Just say it straight out. And he answered and said unto them, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that which he has. Now let's talk about that phrase right there, that verse right there, verse 12. What is Jesus talking about, about who has, more will be given. And who has not, from him shall be taken away even that which he has. Is he talking about having the Holy Spirit? He's talking about having the Holy Spirit, and he's talking about the understanding of the spiritual things, the revelation of the spiritual things. So to the one who has understanding of these spiritual things, more will be given. To the one who has no understanding, even the little bit of understanding they have, it will be taken away. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seen, see not, and hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and you shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, or here it is, their heart has grown dull and stupid. Their heart has grown dull and stupid, and their ears are stuffed up. Their ears are full of cotton. Their ears are dull. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I would heal them. Yes, I know that we've already read all this, guys. I'm aware. I'm recovering everything so that we can so that we can go forward in a full understanding. <laughs> 
But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them. And to hear those things which you hear, have not heard them. Now that's where we stopped last. And you'll remember, night before last, I was telling you guys, so many people, so many mighty men of faith have come before us that have not had the revelations that we have today. That scripture is opening up to us. Holy Spirit is revealing things. The closer we get to the day of our Lord, the more is revealed. And why is more revealed the closer we get to the day of our Lord? Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should turn and have eternal life. More and more is revealed so that every opportunity is given for people to repent and change their ways and turn to Jesus Christ. Turn to God. Quit being a stubborn jack wagon. Because that's 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 nine times out of ten, that's what it is that keeps them from turning to Jesus. It's not that they have a sound theology that contradicts the word of God. It's not that they have a scientific uh, explanation that tries to explain away creation and God and a power in heaven. No, <clears throat> no. Nine times out of ten, they reject God because at some point in their life, they saw some people that called themselves Christians and they were filthy hypocrites. And so they reject God and all the things of God because they equate the things of God with the hypocrites. And that is wrong. And that is not forgivable. That is not something you can use as an excuse when you get to heaven. God is not going to accept that. God's not going to accept that. If I go and rob a bank, and when they catch me, I go before the judge and I say, well, look, judge, here's the thing. I saw all kinds of other people committing crimes. I saw my neighbor kill his wife. I saw these other guys, they killed somebody and took his wallet. And so I said to myself, I'm not going to be as bad as them, but I just go rob this bank. And so technically, Judge, what I'm saying is I haven't really broken the law because all those people around me set a bad example. No. You'll be judged on your own decisions and your own actions. You'll be judged on what you do and how you do it. And you will not be judged based on what somebody else did and what this person did and what that person did. And unfortunately, yes, there are bad people in this world. And unfortunately, yes, there are good people in this world that do bad things. And there are people that make mistakes because they're people. And sometimes they hurt us. I know that more than probably anybody else on this call. I know what it means to be hurt by someone who you look up to, 
nevertheless. For 20 years, I went around saying that if they let people like that into heaven, I didn't want to go. For 20 years, I went around saying that. But the truth is, God's word's very clear. Unless they repent for what they're doing and unless they get right with God on an individual basis, they're not going to be in heaven. They won't be there. Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. Many will come and few will find it. The way is difficult. And shame on me for even thinking those thoughts, but I was I was not in the spirit. I was not understanding the things that I said when I said that. I was foolish. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one, and he catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives the seed, seed by the wayside. So if somebody just stands on the side, and they're just standing on the side, and they're not engaged, and they're not going to jump in, they don't really open up their ears, but they're not rejecting. They're just standing there. They're just kind of passively taking in the word of God. They're not rebelling against the word of God, but they're kind of passively listening. Okay, okay, all right. You know, that makes some sense. That touches me a little bit. But they're passive. So what happens is, the moment that the word of God is done being spoken, I mean, I'm telling you five minutes after it's over, Satan comes in there, boop, steals all the seeds, takes it all away, and runs off. And then the next night, or the next day, or the next Sunday, that person comes in, and they hear the word of God again. And they're thinking, okay, you know, that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll think about that. And five minutes after it's over, Satan runs in and steals the word away and takes off again. And why is that? Because that word was never mixed with faith. That word was never fixed. That person never made a decision to believe. That person never made a decision to take that word and let it drop from their brain into their heart. That takes a conscious decision. There are many, many people who call themselves Christians who the word of God has never, ever, in decades, ever left their brain and dropped into their heart. It's never happened. But he that receives the seed into stony places, the same as he that hears the word, and once he accepts, has, he has no root in himself, but he endures for a little while. For a little while. Okay? And when the tribulation of the persecution arises because of the word, he is offended. Okay? So what is this? 
So, so a person that doesn't repent, this is a person that doesn't repent. They have a stony heart. Okay. Now they receive the word and they believe the word. They decide they're going to believe it and they let the word drop into their heart. Okay. And they're joyful for a few moments, for a little while. They're so joyful. They receive the word of God. Yes, I'm saved. I receive the word of God. I see the joy of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. And then Satan comes along and kicks them right in the private places. And instead of holding on to Jesus and saying, I was expecting this, Jesus said right there, he said right there that this was going to happen. Okay? Instead of that, they ball up. They ball up and they forget about all about Jesus and they turn back to their own wicked ways because you know what? When you turn back to your wicked ways, Satan isn't going to come beat the crap out of you. He's not going to come beat the crap out of you when you're living a wicked life. If, if Satan can look at your life and see that there's no chance you're going to make it to the narrow gate, he's going to leave you alone. He's got plenty of people to go mess with. He's got plenty of people to go beat up. He doesn't need to beat you up. That's the people with the stones in their hearts. They don't repent. And because of that lack of repentance, they still have stony hearts. And then that word can't lay down a deep root because of that stony heart. Because of that stony heart. Verse 22. He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and become and the word becomes unfruitful. So this, this is a different kind. This is a person that repents, cries, receives God, receives Jesus, finds out all about the good parts of Christianity and the good parts of following God. And everything that they get that's good in their life takes them instead of closer to God, takes them further away and further into the world. And they every day they chase the world a little bit more and a little bit more until chasing the world and the things of the world becomes an all-consuming race. And they have completely forgotten about why they accepted Christ in the first place. Most of those people allocate God a time. That means uh, Sunday, one hour of Sunday. That's your time, Lord. Okay? Then... I've got buying and selling to do. I've got business to take care of. I've got this to do. i got that to do. Um, you know, soccer, blah, 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 blah. Schedule, right? Schedule. But God, you know, because I love you, I'm going to give you an hour on Sundays. All right? Thanks. Keep those blessings coming. <laughs> He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the cares of this world. This is the guy that we're talking about right here. The cares of the world, all the things in the world. And the deceitfulness of riches or the glamour of wealth or the or the 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 subtleness, the drawing. OK, the lusts, 
of all the things of this world. Choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. Now, see, he started out immediately, immediately when he received the word, he became fruitful. He was fruitful when he received the word because he repented, because he had a whole heart, because the crop sprung up in his heart. It laid down deep roots, all of that stuff. He was fruitful. He was fruitful. But then he becomes unfruitful. As we allow the world to encroach, it chokes out the things of heaven. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it. He also bears fruit. And he brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. This is the one that hears the word of God, holds on to the word of God, cherishes the word of God, lets it set deep in his heart, and he sets out to obey what our master told us to do. Now, he's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We're not perfect. Okay. But he goes out and he does what his master told him to do. With the right heart. With the right heart. Because your work don't get you to heaven alone. Absolutely. Another parable put put him forth. Okay, so he put another parable out to him. He said, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man, man which sowed good seed in the field. And while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and he went away. And when the blade came up, or when it came up, so tares are be a wheat. Okay. So the householder came up to him and said, "Sir, didn't you buy good quality seed for the field? From where did these tares come from?" And he said unto them, Instead of we go and gather, said no. Now you'll also, and some of the wheat's gonna let us grow, let them grow together until it's in the re- First, all of the tares and bundles and burn them, and then wheat barn. Okay. What is he talking about here? Talking about he's saying among thorns, thorny. Hey, Dad, you're cutting in and out. Um, I, I just thought I'd let you know. Raiden, yes, am sir. I cutting out to you guys, too? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Well. Not anymore. Right. Okay. So is this any better? Much better. 
Okay, so so what he's what is he talking about? He's talking about us. He's talking about Christians. He's talking about amongst all the Christians, there are tares growing amongst us. There's thorn bushes, weeds growing amongst us. They're not fruitful. They don't have grains of wheat on top of them. Pastor, who is Jesus, told all the angels, leave them there, leave them there. And when we come to get the harvest, we'll go through and we're going to pull all the tares out first. And we'll bundle them up. And where are they going to go? They're going to go into the fire. Just like all the bad servants always go into the fire. Every parable over and over and over again. Okay. So. So amongst us, when you look around you and you say, and you know what I was talking about earlier, how we get angst about the other people that call themselves Christians and they're obviously not Christians. Well, Jesus told us they were there. He told us straight out they were there. He told you from the beginning they're there and he purposely left them there. So why are you offended at it? It's the master's plan. It's the master's instructions. It's his goal. It's his intent that he leave them there until the time of the harvest. So if the master is okay with them being there until the, until the harvest, leave them be. We know who they are. We can tell. How can we tell? Jacob, how can we tell? I don't know. You can't, you don't know how to tell if somebody's a Christian or not? Exactly. We know them by their fruits. We know them by their fruits. Look over the top of them. They don't have any grains of wheat coming out of them. Then they're not wheat like us. And the word of God goes on to explain to us and tell us what the fruits, what the fruits are. And if you don't see those fruits, then they are not one of us. There are many pastors out there who are very charismatic. They sound great. They give a message that's wonderful. Aaron, you were with me when we were listening to one. He was very charismatic. Yes, he gave a good speech. He traveled all over the world in his jet airplane giving his speeches and talking all about his plane with his pilot sitting in the front row and, and talking about money this and money that. Thank you. But where was the love? Was there any love in anything he said? he said? He said, you know, there were people that stood up and said they couldn't stand my message. And I said, get out of here then. Leave. I don't need you. Is that love? No, sir. So there was so 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 if God is love and a person is given a message that has all these different things in there that make us feel good in our flesh, but has no love. There's a problem there, isn't there? 
And as it were, if it were possible, even the very elect will be deceived. But the elect will not be deceived. Do you know why? Because they know the word. They know Jesus. And since they know the word, they can look at something and discern and say, wait a second. There's something missing in there. I mean, it sounds good. My body says it feels good. But my body is the enemy of God. And God is love. And so if they're preaching something that has no love, then they're preaching something that has no God. And we have to discern those things. Because there are people who are professionals. They are so much more experienced than us. And we are very backwards and gullible as a people. And if we are not careful, if we are not discerning, we can get lost in it. We can get deceived by it. We can get tricked and we can fall into the trap. That night you were with me, Aaron, there was 150 pastors in that church. It was a pastor seminar as all pastors, all pastors. But nobody else, nobody else looked the way I did. They were all gobbling it up. Why? Because it sounded good to them to have that kind of money sounded good. When he was saying, God wants you to be a millionaire so that you, if you're a millionaire, if you're a millionaire, you can do all these good things for the kingdom. Well, no, you can't because a lot of people, in fact, most people, the second they become a millionaire, they fall away from God. So that's not true. I do not believe that God wants everybody to be a millionaire. He only wants them to be a millionaire if they're capable of being a millionaire and keeping their heart right with him. I do not believe that God will bless you with something that will turn you away from him. Aaron, you have hindsight right now. Did God bless you with that PS4 or did Satan bless you with that? Satan. Satan, Satan will bless you right out of the place where you are supposed to be. I guarantee you. And he'll bless you with some things of this world, some shiny things. Some shiny things. And because it's enticing and because it's good and because it's free, you will think it's God. And you know what? It could have been. Had you taken that gift and said, woo, woo, thank you, and sold it, boom, and used the money for what you were supposed to do and kept your nose in your Bible and kept your heart in the church, you would have turned a curse into a blessing. Yeah. yeah, I sat down for seven months instead and played games and worked part-time and worked myself into debt and gained 50 pounds. That's exactly right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, he took you right out of the place where you were. Right out of the place where you were walking in God's, in God's blessings. And God had a plan for you. God had a plan for you way back then. He had a place for you to be. He had things for you to do. He was going to send you. He was going to do things. 
and you got off the trail. But I'm not trying to knock you down because that happens to all of us. I'm using it as an example. Okay. I accept it. It's okay. It's happened to me. It's happened to me. It happens to everybody. That's why we cannot look at every single thing that comes along and falls in our lap and say, oh, it's God. God gave this to me. God blessed me with this. Not everything like that is God. We have to be discerning. And, you know, like I said, if there's even a doubt, here's the thing. If there's a doubt in your mind that it's good for you, if there's a doubt, then it's not good for you. If there's a nagging doubt, that's your answer already. If it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. He's going to come at us with what? With miracles, with surprises, with gifts, with blessings, with lying wonders. And he's going to knock us off the path. He's going to take us out of the place where we're supposed to be. That's the truth. All right. Let's say our prayers. Father, thank you for this evening and this chance to read your word. Thank you for this opportunity for our family to come together and to receive your word. Help us to be yielded hearts, fertile soil to receive your word and let your word lay down deep root, Father. Help us to receive your word with joy, with humble hearts, to keep our eyes on you. And as we go to sleep tonight, we pray that you'd watch over us. Watch over us, Lord, and let us not be led into temptation. Restrain the evil one from attacking and inflicting uh, consequence on this family, on this body of Christ. Help us, Lord. Make our path straight before us and be a lamp unto our feet. Lead us and teach us the ways of righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Dad, love you. All right, guys. Good night. Love you. Good night, Mom and Dad. Love you. Love you.